1: It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, so you can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets. And yeah, once again, this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. We
0: got McDonald's money. We got McDonald's money. We got McDonald's (laughs) (laughs)
1: McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty. Affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. The jingle. It's just a classic jingle that tingles all across my body because we do got that money. All right. Um, We got a couple things to get to today. Charlotte Hornets play their second game of the season after uh, winning in thrilling fashion against the Indiana Pacers. 123 to 122. They play the Cavs tonight. We also have the NBA. NBA 75 team out, which is really interesting. It's our, at least it's my version. I was four years old when the 50 year anniversary team was released. So the fact that I get to experience the 75 team release, it's pretty cool. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, there is some anger and that's how these lists go. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. We'll get to the Hornets angle, some of the guys that are snubs, some of the guys that got on the list that maybe should not be on that list. We'll get to all of that in the second segment and then focus a little more so on the Cavs game tonight. Speak about some of the Hornets trends that maybe we could expect. Does Borrego even allow a trend? Is that even such a thing for him as far as people that can get comfortable out there on the court? We'll discuss that in just a moment. Do you want to update everybody on some Thing though, so this Leangelo Ball roller coaster has been quite interesting from the Charlotte Hornets standpoint because the Hornets bring in Leangelo to perform in summer league. Lamelo Ball's brother want to keep him happy, so you're willing to go to bat for Leangelo. And again, I've talked about it. To my surprise, he played a lot better than I thought. Became a little bit of better uh, of a better shooter. Not, I know you value him a little more so as a prospect than I do. But as I've said, played better than I thought. Um, they did not decide to keep him after we were trying to figure out whether he would make the roster. So they kept their different 17-man roster, including the two-way contracts. And then they even brought in some guys like a DJ Carton and some of these other contracts on the outside that weren't ever going to make the official roster. But LiAngelo wasn't even anywhere to be seen there. So then finally... They bring LiAngelo uh, Ball back, and then they wave him, and all of this was just supposed to be a part of the process in order to get him and his rights to be on the Greensboro Swarm. Well, we have the G League draft coming up tomorrow night, and here's Jonathan Gavoni's tweet that he just had an hour, a couple hours ago as of this recording. said, the G League draft is tomorrow at 1 p.m., and some of the more recognizable names eligible to be selected by any team include... Lance Stevenson.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine? We know. We know. I mean, not that's getting just trapped into the Greensboro. you yeah, <laughs> we,
1: we, we do. We um, do. Kareem Maine and Jonathan Kaminga's brother, Joel uh, and Timbabwe. I, I hate getting guys' names wrong, and I'm really sorry. I don't find the humor in a lot of that. I just don't know how to pronounce that name, but I apologize. I should learn it. That do. Um, no, it's it's not I'm not trying to do the whole joke thing, oh I don't know how to do it. I just I just really don't know how to pronounce that name, so I apologize. But Jonathan Kaminga's brother is also listed here. Um, but Liangelo Ball. Liangelo Ball's here. So we're all like, wait, hold on. Charlotte isn't allowing Leangelo to enter this pool, right? Like what's going on? And then so he quote tweets that because people were asking him about it. And Jonathan Gavoni also tweets out. Leangelo was announced by the Charlotte Hornets as being signed and waived, but uh, but became draft eligible for all G League teams due to procedural issues that prevent him from being an affiliate player of the Hornets G League team, the Greensboro Swarm per source. So then we've seen, I think, Rod Boone write about this. So here's the thing, right? liangelo is free to be had by another team the hornets might be able to select them but we don't know uh, we maybe he's going to be a member of the, of the greensboro swarm but we all thought that they were just going through this formality and eventually he would be that member but turns out it's not so much the case and i know Jna tweeted at you about this and it is interesting right like mm-hmm. so uh, jane a on twitter um Man, the whole the the affiliate contracts with these Greensboro with the G League affiliate guys, you know, the rules are not written as far as some of the, as far as some of these procedural issues go with guys that are supposed to be going to these G League affiliate for some of the teams, just the G League in general, and nobody really knows how to operate in some of this. Like, it's actually yeah. quite it's quite based on loose ends, and we're not exactly sure the technicalities of all of this. It's not written down anywhere. And so it seems like all of this, the Hornets misunderstood what was going on, and, and it doesn't seem like we should be bashing the Hornets for this because it's just not very clear as to what the NBA does in this kind of operation. Like, that's the thing. Like,
0: there, if this is now a policy where things are not going to be done right, or, because I have two things. If no one knows the rules and we're playing whose line is it anyway with players' rights, that should probably stop. Like, like, we don't need Drew Carey to tell us what the rules are, what the rules aren't. This should not be an improv show when it comes to G League rights. There should be a process, and clearly, if there is a process, it should be followed. If no one knows the rules, fine, okay, cool. I, I, I'll slightly be okay with this. If they do know the rules, and if the Hornets know the rules to this, and did this sloppily and lazily, and this is after we told we just went on this podcast, I want to say, was it Wednesday? Boo hooing and everything, talking about how they got the little things right with Rick Bennell. And they turn around and screw up the little things where it matters on the court again? Like this is unforgivable. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, oh man. I well, I think that is a far overreaction. Okay, fine,
0: fine, fine. You might you might have a point. But I mean, I don't, go ahead. My my problem is this, Walker. If you screw up the details on the possible, you screw up the details on something like this, how can I trust you with the bigger stuff? Like, that's my question. How can I trust you with the bigger stuff?
1: Because the bigger stuff matters way more to team building than the Leangelo ball procedure where you're probably only bringing him on because he's LaMelo's brother. I mean, they could have easily kept him That's had true. they truly valued him as a legitimate basketball player over some of these other guys that they had prior higher priority on to be a Greensboro Swarm member and it never happened. And so now they're just going to look, if you want to say that there is something that matters here, that Leangelo is the brother of Lamelo, who you desperately want to keep happy then okay we can have that conversation because i think you're probably right there is some value to keeping that guy happy and bringing on the brother that's fine but to say that this is a massive mistake or this is actually even a large mistake i don't think that's the case i think if the hornets can select him in the in their draft then good, you know, that that's fine enough. I, I I can't I can't care enough about this because of how little it impacts the Hornets long-term thing. If you want to come at me and say Walker, LaMelo needs to be happy and Leangelo not being on this team, that's a real detriment to that. It could cause him to leave. You certainly don't want this to snowball. I get it. I still don't think that this is something that I, I'm going to hold over the Hornets head as a, a huge mistake.
0: I will... I guess this is what I mean by this is a mistake that cannot happen. If you were talking about getting the little things right, if you are a small market with very little margin for error, I'm not even talking about it from the lamella ball angle. I'm just talking about getting this right from the humanistic angle of making sure that you retain your guys to go to the G G League. If processes were ignored, if processes like – If processes were ignored or processes weren't taken care of, if everything wasn't buttoned down, then these little things could be a big thing down the line. This could be the, like, I'm not saying that this is, like, LaMelo Ball for me isn't the issue. The process of what happened here is the issue. The process you can't get wrong even if you don't know the rules, you be- make sure that you get you're the guys that you want to retain their G League rights. You do this that way. I personally do not understand that if you wanted to keep him on the roster, and maybe the want
1: to is the issue here. If you want, I that, I, I think that's I think that's a large play. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying that the Hornets decided to faux go after him. I just know if the Hornets really wanted Leandro on this roster have done it and And they have enough they could have done it
0: yeah no no i I, i'm with you on that i i have a matt i just have a problem with the process i think the process is something that no matter if it's the guy you don't really want to keep or a guy that you want to keep or whatever the process always should matter rather than the result the result isn't bad, but I'm worrying about the process and making sure that this doesn't happen again, because next time it may be a guy you actually want to keep. And if it's a guy you Um, actually want to keep, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. Fair fair enough. I think there are other examples to question the process of the Charlotte Hornets way more so than, than this one, but fair enough. well you yeah i mean of course you just want the hornets to be able to take care of everything that they seek out to do because that just is a sign of a competent organization all right let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about the nba 75 list but not before i talk to you about mcdonald's it's what's the it's what this episode is brought to you by mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors the home team or the away team can come to recharge and it's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. You can go after a little league game. You can stop by McDonald's after a big sporting event. You can connect to the Wi-Fi when you need it most. If you're hungry and you need to work, you need to grab a snack. You can do that at your local McDonald's. So a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's talk about the NBA 75 team coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. February is Black History Month and the Locked on Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked on Presence more than God Almighty. (laughs) Keep this. You're you're
0: not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a a, a bit. I promise you. It's
1: gonna no. no. It's gonna be a
0: bump. It's gonna be a bump. Let it. Let it. Just let it be.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, Nada. In order to get ready for the 75th anniversary of the NBA, the NBA decided to release a team and the best 75 players in league history and in order to do this they put together a panel of what was it 88 voters something like that yes it, yes it was um, and the voters range anywhere from Howard Beck, Zach Lowe some of the more recognizable names in podcast and or just Um, normal reporting. And it also goes to a Shaquille O'Neal and a Sue Bird and some of the players that have uh, had a big impact in the game of basketball. So when we get to the 75 list, Nada, as lists often do, they bring out all of the arguments and the criticisms. In fact, it's the only thing they do. So Nada, I know you have some problems with the 75 list. What are some of the things that you noticed that you did not agree with?
0: Why is Dame Dame Lillard, why is Anthony Davis on here? And I may extend that if provoked to Paul Pierce. Those three names, they're not like the other 72. Like Steph, I understand. Steph's got an unanimous unanimous MVP. He's got three rings. That one makes sense. I can't argue that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they were doing a top 25 list, Steph would be on it.
0: Yeah, like I have a hard time putting Dame Lillard on there. I have a really hard time putting Anthony Davis on there, especially when you have guys like Dwight Howard, who for better or worse deserves to be on this list. When you have a guy like Alex English, who was probably, I'm sorry, no, he was the leading scorer of the 1980s, does not get a mention. And then the biggest one, one of the bigger ones for me is, this list ignores Dikembe Mutombo, who might be the best defense, defensive center of the 1990s. Like, he won four—between 1990 and 2002, that man won four Defensive Player of the Years. He deserves to be on that list. Like, I get that some people were—like, Dwight we know was a personal issue. Dwight is absolutely a personal issue. If more people liked him, he would be on this list. Uh, We understand that. Dwight can be a jerk. Dwight can be just immature. I get it. But he belongs there. Dikembe belongs there. And it partially makes me wonder if a lot of this doesn't necessarily fall under the whole recency bias, where we start to value guards more than bigs. And that wasn't always the case. Like, if we're honest, bigs mattered more to whether you were going to win teams up until what, 2005, 2006, and then that's when the guards took over? Like, Wings didn't win rings until, like, the last maybe 15 years. I think we need to start factoring that in, like – some of the bigs got slighted here a
1: lot yeah it's interesting that you bring up the the big conversation I think Damian Lillard making this list is totally fine I think he's had an excellent career and I think he the excellent career enough to be in the top 75 list I don't have any problem with uh, especially with what he's been able to do here recently from age 27 on he's been on every single all-star team you look at the uh, six-time all NBA accolade that's really impressive just enough right there Uh, I think think damian lillard being there is fine dwight howard is the guy that is the most interesting to talk about because i think most people are are wondering where he is on this list and it's funny because you had a lot of people vote and dwight howard not getting enough votes to at least be on the top 75 list and yet here you are and he's he's clearly the number one name that's being brought up. There are a few others that that have been mentioned quite a bit, but Dwight Howard is the number one guy. Now, if you were looking for the Charlotte Hornets connections, then Dwight Howard would be one of those players. Robert Parrish, he's on this list. He played for the Hornets for a couple of seasons. Actually played a lot more games than I Mm -hmm. remembered. Yeah, He played I think 80 games. I don't want to bring up the reference page because it'll mess my bandwidth, computer probs, hashtag. Uh, But Robert Parrish, I think he played 94, 95, and then played in like 150 games something like that for for the team or close to 140 um looking this
0: up for you right now as we go
1: so there you go so Parrish, i know played two seasons played significant time but that's the only guy on the list that played in an nba game for the charlotte hornets kobe bryant obviously drafted by the hornets we know that whole thing gets traded to the la lakers and then has a hall of fame outstanding career um but the other guys that that were close, Tony Parker got some mention here and there, but it was Dwight yeah. Howard. And go ahead. You you wanted to say something?
0: No, no, no. That was, yeah, like Tony Parker's a tough one for me because Tony Parker's got like something like all eight all NBA got on mentions. Like he's been on the team in some form of fashion, whether it's the top three all NBA teams, eight times. That kind of matters too. Like this list. I understand that we involve players and everything else like that. This list feels incomplete. And the one thing that was said, and I think it was Dragonfly Jones that said it on Twitter, he's like, if your guy didn't make the list, there's a really good chance he's probably not making it when the league does his top 100 in, in like, 2000, again, 2040, if we're all alive by then. Most (laughs) likely I'll have died by anger or something along the lines of that. But. Yeah, well, again, I'm being honest, at least. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, but most likely your guy, if he didn't make this list, he's not making that NBA 100 list either. Like Victor Wembayama, like he's coming to destroy the league. Chet Holmgren, Imani Bates, all those guys, they are going to be the ones to dominate the league in the next little bit. So they're more likely to make it than Dwight Howard, which is why it's very, very important to get the process right. Do I sound familiar yet, Walker? Am yeah, I mean— Yeah,
1: you've been talking about the process for sure and a couple of different things. Um, Yeah, with Dwight Howard, I think he should have made the list too. I'm surprised to, to not see him on there based off of his play even with people not liking who Dwight Howard is. I, I under the second half of his career is pretty bad um, you know, it, it, and he's kind of had this little bit of a mini resurrection but he's just adapting to a nice role player where he you know can just become a defensive guy and a lob thread and he doesn't have to have the basketball in the post anymore. You know, we've seen what he could do as a backup center for Philly. We saw what he could do for LA, you know, so we've seen that uh, in his his later years. But yeah, clearly Orlando magic, uh, Dwight Howard was absolutely insane. The defense, the the rebounding numbers, the best center in the league for like at least a five year, six year and longer stretch. So I, I I think Dwight Howard should make it. And here's what I wanted to talk a little bit more about. One guy that I haven't seen mentioned at all. And then you compare him to a Dwight Howard that you bring up. Dikembe Mutombo being one of the best defensive centers of all time and maybe the best guy of the 90s. I'd put a up there, but Dikembe is certainly there as well. You know, should there be more love for Alonzo morning? Because I, Ooh, I think I knew I, I thought about that name. Yeah. And just kind of thinking about the the Hornets angle of everything. You know, you look at him and we talk about the defensive big guy. Alonzo is a seven time all star throughout his career But here's the interesting thing, too. Like he's only a two time all defensive team member, but he's a two time defensive player of the year award winner. So when he wins the defensive player of the the year awards, I guess that's the time that he is an all defensive uh, member in the NBA. You look at what he did from his career that started here in Charlotte in 1992 to 2002. So his first 10, 11 years in the league, he only goes three years without getting an all star appearance you know, that's pretty impressive. You also look at some of the things that happened with him. Now, one of those years that he got an all-star appearance, he only played in 13 games, only started three. Remember, he's battling kidney disease. Kidney disease, yep. And and, and then in, in 1997, plays 58 games. 1998, plays 46 um so like the the the, the length of the or the amount of games that he played in some of these seasons just kind of battle tested injury ridden a little bit but i just think the alonzo morning case it, it's not there um, I, I don't think that Alonzo morning should be a top 75 player of all time. I just think that maybe it's the injuries that took that more away from him than him legitimately being that much worse than a Dwight Howard, than a Dikembe Matumbo and some of these other guys, especially if we're trying to, and, and even a Ben Wallace, you know, like Ben, Ben, I think deserves uh, a spot on the top 75 list because I think he was insane. And like, I just, I don't know. Alonzo compares to some of those guys and there's a Charlotte Hornets connection.
0: No, no, no no you're not you're not entirely wrong. I mean the kidneys I think I would go this far that the kidney is the only reason that we're not talking about Alonzo Morning as a top 75 player. Now that's and I feel very very confident about that because when he was when he was healthy and when he had two working kidneys that man was a problem insert ball don't stop emoji here. But um I would also put it this way. This dude like Alonzo Mourning, as a former, as a recovering Knicks fan, as someone that was that rooted for the Knicks as a childhood, I know we did dumb stuff as a kid. You don't (laughs) hold it against me. I won't hold it against you. But um, he was the guy that you were afraid of after Jordan, after Reggie. He was the guy. He was the guy that gave Ewing hell, made his life miserable. On both ends of the floor, he was a Georgetown guy. It was like what, looking into a mirror. Him and Pat Riley doing what they did, and he was the solidifying. He was the building block behind a lot of dominant teams. So I, again, I you will not get an argument from me about Alonzo Mourning. The only issue that he's not here, and I'll continue to repeat this, is that work is that he didn't have a working kidney. Outside of that, yo, I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, it's it just it, I just find the case comparable to these guys, and I'll say this. It, so out of all the centers we brought up, a Ben Wallace, a Dikembe Mutombo, a Dwight Howard, I think Alonzo one of the more skilled offensively compared to all of those guys. I mean, we see him Absolutely. shoot the top of the key shot against the Boston Celtics, the most famous shot in Charlotte Hornets history. You know, he actually is the only guy that you would trust at all at the free throw line. Um, you know, it's it's Alonzo Mourning in that case because you know he wasn't a trophy like Ben Wallace is is Shaq. Like, you know, Dwight Howard certainly became awful in that regard too. So if, if you value that, then Zoe's there it just I don't I don't think he should be in over those guys it's just I, I kind of want to stretch the point home that you're kind of talking about yeah who knows if he's healthy and he's playing as many games as the other centers that we're talking about I think that could be a case that you make for um, regarding Zo. all right let's take a quick break talk about more of the Charlotte Hornets game tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers I do have to talk to you about built bar not I apologize for not bringing up the blueberry muffin bar that was also alongside the pump Bar. I thought they were just going for a holiday theme, but they also went with breakfast theme and blueberry muffin. Cho- but- oh my God. It's insane. Like that is a great way to start the day to just go ahead and eat one of those blueberry muffin built bars because they're so tasty. They're healthy for you. High protein, high fiber, and you don't have to take in a ton of calories. And you don't have to take in a ton of sugar while getting your day started right. Go to BiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. We'll come back talking about the Cavs game tonight on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets.
0: I do not like the MB2 nickname. That. La-
1: oh, it's bad. Lamello. Come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I-, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two how in the world do you not like airbnb but you like mb times two i yeah. it, that's that's bad we can't allow him to create and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists you can't give yourself your nickname you can't do that no, exactly so, this is as I'm, bad as kevin durant one call himself the servant it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast All right, now let's take a look at some of the other things that we want to see from the Hornets tonight and maybe some of the things that you expect to see. Um, You know, Terry Rozier, let's get to him first, did not play in their debut against the Indiana Pacers. He was listed as probable and then questionable and then out. And man, I tweeted this out. I forgot last year the Hornets would mess around and put some probable designations on players and then all of a sudden they would not play. I forgot that you cannot take the probable designation for great. Uh, for uh for gospel you do not see them play every single time and I forgot about that so shame on me this time um, for actually thinking Terry Rozier was gonna play it's,
0: it's the first yeah. game for everybody Walker it's the first game for everybody it's it's okay I forgive you I nada Edwards forgive you whether everybody else forgives you that's between you and them but I forgive you I understand all of this now mind you, I was one of those that did take the probable for gospel as well. And I thought, hey, he's going to play. Hey, he's going to play. And then mm-hmm. I got okie doke too. So I don't, but if we're going to talk about Terry Rogier tonight, I don't think he plays. Uh, he- I think they wait till Brooklyn. I think they wait till Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is a better, give him, if you're going to give him a chance to get ready for the season, have him ready. The longer he sits on that ankle, the longer – not necessarily sits, but the longer he rests that ankle, the better it is for the Hornets because you can't yo-yo him in and out of the lineup. I don't think that helps them. And I also think against a team like Brooklyn that doesn't look like they're all that functional or care that much about the early regular season, that's a good game to, you know, probably try and steal. So if you're going to save him, save him for the other part of the road trip which is uh, the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Boston home uh, away home series back to back. I feel like that's where you save him. So look, I, again, no Terry tonight. Hopefully he'll
1: be. Back yeah. Sometime. And so I, I don't know. May, I mean, it, he could return. James Borrego said after the game against Indiana that Terry Rozier was close, but he would not say one way or the other whether he would play against Cleveland. I know Rod Boone tweeted out a video of him uh, shooting in shoot-around earlier today and said that he's moving a little bit better, and we do know that this is Cleveland. Terry was the only guy that showed up in the season debut last year against Cleveland, and Mm -hmm. they damn near...
0: He's the only one that he's the only one. That
1: up. Play the <laughs> it's true. It was last year in the debut where Terry was uh, on fire from the outside. So maybe he does play in this building once again, but it's going to have to be because he's healthy enough to go. He was not healthy enough to go against Indiana. How does Terry's presence if he does play not uh, affect the rotation and what James Brego might do?
0: If you're expecting to see James – I think what James Brayo's shown you is that defense is going to matter on that second unit. And if you're expecting James Booknight to play, I wouldn't. All that does is it moves Kelly back to his six-man role where he comes off the bench and he does his thing. Cody Martin will be alongside with him. PJ, PJ will be along, and that's going to be your eight, and Ish makes nine. Those are the nine guys I feel comfortable that they will play along with Jalen I'm sorry along with Jalen McDaniels. And I feel like that's going to be the rotation. I think Book Knight's going to have to show, "Hey, I can play defense on an NBA level and not get cooked and then I'll start playing." I understand that everybody wants to see the new shiny rookie and everything else like that. And they're tired of seeing Cody Martin, but Cody Martin improved to a point where I don't think it's very necessary to take him out. There'll be a time where Cody Martin will turn back into Cody Martin, guys, and that's when James Booknight will play, and the Hornets will be all the better for that because he will have earned his spot, not being given his spot. I am perfectly fine with the longer we don't see Booknight, the better at this point.
1: Yeah, if Terry does play, then that means he's going to start. Obviously, And Kelly Oubre is the guy that got the start in this last game. So Kelly will go to the bench. That means Cody Martin will get pushed further down the depth chart. That means James Booknight. You know, it's funny, like Booknight maybe could have had a better opportunity to play against Indiana because Terry wasn't able to go and he still didn't get any minutes. Yeah, first game, rookie year. Maybe you just don't feel he's ready. That's fine. Still, you thought maybe that would open some type of door for him to get some minutes, but it was Cody Martin. It's a Smith, of course two that was always going to play 20 minutes and uh, and and give you that point guard duty. But the Hornets went with a nine man rotation and it was Cody Martin and Ish Smith as the guys that were included in the backcourt. So now you bring back a Terry, you know, how much are you playing Cody Martin all that much? You know, James Sit, I think James Brago did say that they were going to stick with a nine to 10 man yeah. rotation coming into the season and then they'll figure it out from there. So that gives you some leeway in order to go to 10 guys with Terry Rogier coming back. Um, but I, I don't think Cody Martin plays 24 minutes again. I don't think so. No, um, especially with Terry coming back, but still, I, I think he still gets playing time and I think you probably see another DNP CD from book Knight and uh, everybody else who played will play and, um, and book Knight's the only kind of question mark. And I don't think you see him again. Now,
0: again, the thing is I, I just think with book Knight it's going to require patience and I think that's okay and at the worst-case scenario, the G League season is going to fire up shortly. So if he's not going to get time here, you know what he's going to do? He's going to go down, get on the Greensboro program that has been shown to work with countless Hornet after Hornet at this point. So if that's going to be the case, yo, what's the problem with just waiting and making sure that we make it? Because honestly, if, that, if the big thing about this is this. If James Booknight does not play – and the team plays well, who cares? It's only when they start going on these losing streaks and the bench starts looking like they're in an offensive rut do I start saying, hey, coach, maybe we start. Maybe we should start playing James Booknight to open up a little bit more of the offense. But for right now, I'm okay with the way things are. Now, granted, I'm okay with the second half of the way things are. The first half, right. not so much. If that, if the first half comes out more, then okay, cool. At that point, nobody's defending. Play the kid. But if the second half is more of what we get, yo, kids got to sit or play in Greensboro, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yep, yeah, we'll see what happens tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Hornets will be playing their second game of the season. Tip is set for 7 p.m. on the road, and we'll be able to come back with you on Monday and talk all about it and what they did over the weekend. That'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hope you guys have a great weekend watching some Charlotte Hornets basketball. We'll be back with you Monday to talk all about it.